So uh, great to have you here with us today. My name is Paul Mumaw, and I'm the lead pastor here at Genesis. And uh, we celebrate whenever we come together uh, for a time of worship like this. We celebrate because of the hope, uh, the good news that we have in Jesus Christ. But uh, we're especially excited about today as we're baptizing 18 people across two campuses uh, here with Genesis Church. And I think uh, we've got five here this morning. Uh, we're going to baptize uh, those individuals uh, into new life in Christ uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but before we do that, it's the fourth week uh, in our series here at Genesis, a series called Follow Me. And what we're doing is we're talking about what it means to call yourself a Christian and how Christianity is so much more uh, than attending worship uh, on Sundays like today. Uh, we know that it's more than a religion, but that the heart of Christianity is about a relationship with God, and Jesus makes that relationship possible. Uh, Jesus has done that work to make it possible for you and me to have a relationship with God. And because of his death and victory over sin, uh, well, it makes it possible for you and me uh, to enter in and to enjoy, to delight in God as we're talking about today. Now, my hope last week uh, was to really challenge you to think about uh, the importance of your relationship with God and how the time you spend investing in that relationship with God has a lot to do. Uh, with what you experience in this life. And so we spent a little time talking about that relationship. Uh, questions like, what is my contribution to that relationship? Or what is your contribution uh, to your relationship with God? Maybe ask it this way. I mean, what is it that I need to do in order to grow in my relationship with the Father? Well, like any healthy relationship, one of the best ways to cultivate that relationship is by what? Is spending time together, Right? I mean, think about it. Think about some of your earthly relationships. I think about my relationship with my wife, Jenny. When we were in college, uh, just before we started dating, we met in a college class, and our professor was one of those group work kind of professors, which always were sort of a little annoying, but I guess in this situation, it worked out kind of well, and uh, he passed around a sheet and was asking for you to sign up for a group, and I had put my name on a particular group. Well, when the sheet got to Jenny, uh, she saw the group that I was a part of. Now, she claims that she signed up for my group because she knew I was a good student. I think it was probably more than that, really, honestly. But uh, so she signed up for my group, and wouldn't you know it, we started spending time together, and we started talking, and we started dating, and there was a lot of talking. And well, wouldn't you know, now we're married. And so there was something about spending time together and the trust that came out of that relationship. I think about that relationship with my kids and the importance of spending that quality time with my children, talking to them and building trust uh, into our relationship. Well, one of the best ways that you can cultivate your relationship with God is through spending time with Him. And we call this intentional time prayer. And simply put, prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is a conversation with God, and the Bible has a lot to say about the importance of prayer and your conversations with God. Let's look at a few examples together. In Jeremiah 29, in verse 12, we see God speaking to the people of Israel. He says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And what? What's the promise? He says, and I will listen to you. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me 
with all of your heart. Over in uh, the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we know that because of Christ's work on the cross, the writer of Hebrews says that let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, that we can go to God and we can pray to God and we can pray to him with confidence because of the work that Jesus has done. In uh, Colossians chapter 4, the apostle Paul was writing to the Christians uh, in the church in Colossus, and he says to devote yourselves to prayer. Like, make it an essential part of your life, a practice, a discipline in your life to pray. And then over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul, again, speaking to the Christians, writing to the Christians in Philippi, says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, to do what? Present your request to God. See, God has given us his word. He's given us the Bible to guide us and direct us and to instruct us. And as followers of Jesus, we see on these occasions and in so many more that we are invited to pray. And see for yourself how these words of God are inviting you and me into a deeper abiding relationship with him. And so we see these promises in prayer. That when you call out to him, he listens. That if you seek him, you will find him. And so we see these promises. And if, and if you're a Christian, I think you know that you should pray or that we should pray. But you know what? We don't do it, do we? I mean, we don't, we don't pray. I mean, we struggle in prayer. I mean, if you struggle in prayer, don't be embarrassed by it. I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll tell you that prayer is the one area of my relationship with the Lord where I have struggled the most. And please tell me that I'm not the only one because that would be really awkward if I was, like I'm up here. And, but, but anyways, no, I, I struggle in this area. I've struggled in this area my whole life. And why do I struggle with prayer? Why do we struggle with prayer? Well, I mean, I think it's all of the questions. I mean, we all wonder, we've all asked the question from time to time, is it effective? Uh, does it really make a difference? I mean, uh, we wonder what the point is or we'll say that we don't have the time. And all of those may be true, but do you know what I think uh, is the greatest challenge? I think the greatest of challenge of all for so many people is that we just, we don't know how. I mean, we've really never been taught or we've never had that intentional instruction on how to pray. And so we don't know how to get started. And so maybe for you, I mean, maybe no one ever showed you how to pray. And so we've been in this series called Follow Me, and we've been looking and talking about Jesus, this whole series about how Jesus is our leader and how he's our teacher. And as our leader, he has invited us into uh, each of these. He's invited each of us into this relationship with him, with the words that he used, you know, that we read about in Scripture, those words, follow me. And, and that's an invitation. It's an invitation to forgiveness. It's an invitation to hope and to salvation, but it's also, it's also an invitation to learn from him so that we may live like him uh, in this world. And so Jesus prayed. I mean, if you look at the life, if you study the life of Jesus, he prayed. He spent a lot of time praying. In fact, the Gospels record at least 33 instances where Jesus is praying. And if you look at some of those specific instances, you know, Luke records that at his baptism, at Jesus' baptism, Jesus was praying. I mean, right there on the day that he was baptized. And from there, he went into the wilderness where we know that he spent 40 days praying and fasting. And there are so many other occasions where Jesus, we find he got up early in the morning uh, to, to, to pray. He escaped the crowds and the commotion of life in order to pray. There were times that he spent all night praying. And well, it's in your notes. I just want you to see that Jesus modeled a lifestyle of prayer. As our leader, he modeled for us. He set an example of a life in prayer, and he modeled what life should look like. 
He modeled what life could look like for you and me. And so if we hope to live the way, uh, if we hope to love God the way that Jesus did, well, then we must follow God the way Jesus did. And we must look to him and we must learn from him when it comes to prayer. See, here's what Jesus does for us. Jesus reminds us that you can't grow in your relationship with God outside of prayer. You can't do it. I can't be changed and transformed by God apart from prayer. Uh, you can't experience God's will for your life outside of prayer. Uh, you can't bear fruit in your life outside of prayer. I don't think that you can wholeheartedly follow Jesus Christ if you're not praying. And so here's the beautiful thing, though. Here's the beautiful thing about our leader and Savior, Jesus. Uh, not only does he model prayer for us, but like any great teacher, he's also, he's willing, he's able to show us how to pray. He's able, he's willing to show us how to do it. And so if you're like me, if you've ever grown frustrated in prayer, if you're like me and have ever fallen asleep uh, while you're praying, if you're like me and your mind has ever drifted away to things that have nothing to do uh, with faith when you were trying to pray, the encouraging news is that Jesus is willing to show us and to teach us how to pray. I mean, even the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And you know what? Like the disciples... I know and I'm confident that there are those that are here today, people, uh, you're here and you want to know how to do this. And you would love to be able to figure this out to incorporate this discipline in your life and to have confidence in it and to grow from it and to be encouraged by it. And so what I want to do today is I want to just show you a pattern. I want to show you a pattern of prayer that, that, that if you were to put it to practice, that you might be able to take those steps in your walk with God, uh, in your relationship with God, and in your prayer life to experience a greater intimacy, uh, that you might grow, that you might experience peace and power, the peace and power that can result from a life in conversation with God, a life in prayer. And if that's where you are today, if you're in that boat and there is that desire in you, then we're just going to ask the same question this morning. We're going to ask the same question that the disciples asked. Lord, would you teach us how to pray? And so if you've got your Bible, I want to invite you to take it, if you would, uh, and open to Matthew chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 5, the first book in the New Testament, Matthew 6, uh, beginning in verse 5. If you use something like the YouVersion app on your smartphone, uh, feel free to go there with us. Uh, in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And again, what I want to show you is a pattern or a way of praying uh, that you can try today. Uh, this is something you can try this afternoon or tonight, or you can put into practice in the morning or sometime this week. And it's a pattern or a model of prayer that is simple. Uh, it's easy to remember. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say that it is the right way to pray, and it's certainly not the only way to pray, but what I believe that Jesus models here uh, can help you in your life and as you grow in prayer, and I believe that it can do that, and you know why? Because it's helped me, and it is helping me, and it's encouraging me in my time alone with the Lord and in my prayers, and as I'm, I know and I believe that I'm growing closer uh, to the Lord because of praying this way. Again, it's been very helpful to me, and I believe that it can do the same for you, especially in your desire to grow closer in your relationship with the Lord. So starting in Matthew 6, uh, verse 5, again, Jesus provides a model or an example of praying that we can follow. Uh, but before we get to that model, I want to look at just a few things, a few preceding verses uh, that provide some helpful guidance uh, in our efforts to pray to. Starting in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, uh, Jesus says this. He says, and when you pray, and let's just stop there for a second. 
Because again, I want you to see that Jesus assumes that we'll pray. It, it, he just assumes that if you're going to follow him, if you're going to desire, if you're going to seek a relationship with the Lord, then you're going to pray. He, again, he knows that prayer is essential uh, to our relationship with God. And, and so before we look at how Jesus shows us how to pray, um, I just want to kind of challenge you right up front. I want, I want to tell you what my challenge is for you. And for me, this is a challenge that has really benefited me in my life. And it's a challenge that I have for you and something that I want you to think about as you go today. Uh, it's in your notes. And it's just simply this. I want to challenge you, for those of you that are willing, to set a prayer appointment. Uh, just that specific. That in your life, that you would set a prayer appointment. That uh, you have to schedule the time to pray. You got to do it. I mean, life is just way too busy. Things are moving way too fast. But to think about and what could benefit for you out of a time where you just set aside time, maybe every day, set aside that time to pray. Because if it's not a part of your life now, you're going to have to be intentional and in bringing it into your life. And so you have to set, I believe that you have to set that appointment. Uh, to pray. And you've got to do this. You've got to make the time. Again, it's not going to happen on its own. And so you've got to be intentional in this. Because see, here's the greatest obstacle standing in the way for you in your life in prayer. It's you. Um, the greatest obstacle in my life when it comes to a life of prayer is me. Like I'm the obstacle because, you know, I have to spend, I, I have to set that appointment. I have to make that time. Now, why is that? Well, just think about it. Uh, think about your life. I mean, I know that I'll make time for Facebook. I'll make time for Twitter. I'll make time to watch TV. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I'm great at wasting time, all right? But I have to be very intentional about scheduling time to pray. And so for me right now, it's 6 a.m. most mornings. <laughs> 6 a.m. most mornings. And, and for you, it might be the very same. You might have to start your day that way, to just schedule an appointment to start your day before you get going and schedule that time to pray. And if doing this every day seems like an incredible or too great of a task, uh, maybe just set out this week and say, you know what, I'm going to set aside three days this week where I'm going to schedule an appointment to spend time alone with God in prayer. And whether for you, if that's in the morning, if that's something that you do at lunchtime, uh, maybe you can schedule that into your afternoon or evening and make it stick. I want to challenge you to set an appointment a time to pray with God. All right, let's continue. Verse five again. Jesus says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to, see, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. You see, if I think, I think this, if Jesus were here today, I think he would remind us that there is a time and a place for public prayer, but I think he would also remind us that prayer is not about impressing anyone. That more than anything, prayer is about communicating with the Father. It's about spending time with Him in conversation. It's about the quality time that we have with the Father. And so with that in mind, notice what Jesus says next in verse 6. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, hey, if you're just getting started in this, if you're going to put this to practice, I want to encourage you not only to set an appointment with God, but to find a place. 
I mean, to find a place that really works uh, for you, a place where you can get alone and be quiet, uh, that you can be free from distraction. Uh, for me right now, it's the front room in our house. Uh, again, it has to take place at 6 in the morning. There are no kids. Nobody's up yet. I get a cup of coffee. I've got my Bible. I've got a notebook, and I've got a chair. And for me, that's my place, and that's where I go to start my day to be alone with the Lord. It works for me. I can close the doors, and I've got my place alone with Him. And so as you think about setting an appointment, I want you to also be thinking about a place that can work for you too. Look at verse 7. Jesus says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Now, in this particular context, Jesus talks about how it was common for people to witness or to come across others from other religions uh, who would turn their prayers into these public spectacles. Uh, chaos, really, if you would, uh, that evidently their praying was a lot like chaos and, and commotion. And so Jesus said, they think they will be heard because of their babbling and their many words. And you know, what a great reminder to us, especially if you're new to this, especially if you're just getting started in prayer, that effective prayer isn't about speaking a certain language. It's not about using the right words or fancy words, but Jesus just says, I want you to be yourself as you enter into this relationship with God. Look at verse 8. He says, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Jesus says, don't be like them. Don't try and be like anyone else when you pray. But when you pray, be yourself. And doesn't that make sense? I mean, think about any genuine relationship that you have today. Isn't any close relationship that you have today, uh, it doesn't involve two people who are nothing more or less than simply just being themselves. And so we see Jesus here instructing us to do the same. He says, when you pray, be yourself. Your Father knows what you need, and He is looking forward to that time with you. And then finally, in verse 9, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. And so it's here that we arrive at Jesus' model for prayer. And an example for us and how we should or we could pray. Now, most of you will recognize the words that follow as the Lord's Prayer. And chances are that you have some understanding of the significance uh, of these particular words. I mean, maybe you grew up praying these uh, words in church. Uh, maybe you grew up or maybe you've experienced this sort of prayer at a wedding uh, or at a funeral. And I, I think we would all see, I think we would all recognize that this is a very special prayer. Now, what you may not have realized about this prayer is that what Jesus is doing at the very same time is that he's providing for us. Again, a pattern or an example of how we could pray, an outline by which you and me can follow when we pray too. And so it's here where I want you to see that Jesus incorporates at least three basic elements in his prayers, uh, three basic elements that we can include in our prayers, three elements that can guide you and can guide me as I pray, and let's identify these together. Again, look at verse 9. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. And he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to a group of people like you and me. And then here's how he begins. Jesus' words. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's in your notes. The first uh, piece that I want you to see to Jesus' prayer is that he starts, he begins with a prayer of adoration. A prayer of adoration. Uh, and he begins with this prayer of adoration and these words for a reason. Adoration prayer is about recognizing God's identity. 
It's about recognizing who it is that you're talking to. It's about uh, recognizing his position. When we enter into the presence of God, when you go before the Lord in prayer, you and me, we should praise him for who he is. We should give thanks to him for all that he has done and all that he is doing in our lives. A prayer of adoration is giving thanks and giving praise to God. And this is a wonderful way to begin when you pray. And who is he? Well, notice that Jesus calls him Father, and don't miss that. And in other places in Scripture, as Jesus talks about this word Father, there's a, a significant detail here that is so easy to overlook. You know, Jesus says when you pray, you can call him Father, and in other places he says, you know what, you can go even go as far as you can call him Daddy. Now, I know that might seem a little odd. I know that might seem a little unusual, but think about the security and the tenderness of such a word that when you pray, you can call him Father, that you could call him Daddy. And what would that mean for you? What would that mean for you when you, when you talk to him? What could that mean for you in your relationship with God to get to the place where you would feel comfortable calling him something like Daddy too? You see, beginning with a prayer of adoration is about giving thanks and praise to God. When I open my prayers, I want to remember who it is uh, that I'm talking to. I want to remember that I am entering into his presence. And so Jesus prayed, hallowed be your name. He prayed, holy is your name, O God. And what might this look like when you pray or when I pray? I mean, how do we open our prayers with prayers of adoration? Well, adoration prayers include words of intimacy, intimacy like, Father, I love you, uh, and I look forward to spending time with you today. Or, Father, I want to know you better, uh, to hear your voice and experience your presence in my life this morning. Uh, Father, I have some things on my heart and mind that I can't wait to share with you today. Um, adoration prayers can also include words of thanksgiving, words like, Father, thank you for dying on the cross for me, or Father, thank you for blessing me in so many wonderful ways. And sometimes I'll, I'll write out a phrase like that, and then I'll just kind of start listing some of those things that come to my mind and my heart, some of those things that I can give God thanks for. You know, you can pray, Father, thank you for your leadership and direction in my life. Uh, adoration prayers can also include words of praise. You know, praise is complimenting God's character and, and his marvelous deeds. And so you pray, Father, you are compassionate and gracious. Father, you are forgiving over and over and again, and you are good. Father, you are trustworthy and faithful. I don't know how it best works for you, but if you're just getting started in this, uh, one of the things that's worked really well for me is to pray with a journal, to pray with a notebook, and uh, praying with a notebook just kind of helps me uh, keep my mind focused uh, it helps me kind of keep record of just the different things that I've been praying about. And so uh, it's pretty common for me on any given morning just to spend some time kind of writing out my prayers. And so, uh, you know, when I pray words of adoration, I might pray something like this, Father, it's good to be in your presence and to start my day with you today. Uh, thank you for dying on the cross for me and for your forgiveness uh, in my life. Uh, thank you for the blessings that you've given me, the home I have, my wife and my children and my church. Uh, Father, you are compassionate and good, trustworthy and faithful. And as I begin my day today, I am reminded that I belong to you. And, and sometimes that's it. And sometimes there's more. But, but on, on most occasions, I begin my prayer time, I begin it with a time of adoration because it's an opportunity uh, for me to give thanks and to give credit to God. Uh, by starting here, I'm reminded of who I am but more importantly, of who he is. 
and who it is that I'm talking to and who it is that I'm reaching out to. And so I, I pray these prayers. I pray these prayers of adoration, and then I move on to the next part of my prayers because there's a second element that we see here in Jesus' prayer that we can pray. Look at, uh, look at Matthew 6.10. Again, Jesus prayed. He, he prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the second element that I want you to see in Jesus' prayer is the prayer of intercession. Uh, it's called the prayer of intercession. Now, intercession is about praying for others. Intercession is all about inviting God's will and His work into our world. You see, as Christians, we have the privilege of partnering with God and His work in this world. And so intercession or interceding is standing in the gap for others uh, to God on their behalf. So, you know, the truth is that you probably already do this. We do this. We We'll pray for our spouse, we'll, we'll pray for our parents, we'll pray for our kids, or we'll pray for, for a grandma or a neighbor or a friend from work. And what types of things do we typically pray for? We pray for physical health. Uh, we pray for things like interviews and finances and jobs and relationships and, and surgeries. And these are all worthy things. And God tells us to bring our cares, to, to bring these requests to Him. But one reminder too. You know, so often, and I think it's just so easy for the focus of our prayers to be on so many worldly matters, and it's not that those things aren't important, but here Jesus reminds us of not only the importance of praying for others, but praying for spiritual matters and how they affect others' lives too. And so intercessory prayer is praying for God's work and His will to be done in the people around you. It's like in Ephesians chapter 1 when the Apostle Paul prays that his friends would know God better. Or in Ephesians chapter 3, when he, he prays for his friends, that they would experience the fullness of God's love. Or how over in Colossians, when he prays that people will understand God's will for their life and how it's a life that pleases God as they bear fruit. And so my challenge, my encouragement for you is when you pray these intercessory prayers, when you pray for your spouse, uh, when you pray for your family, when you pray for your kids, or when you pray for your friends, or when you pray for your church or for your neighbors, pray for surgeries. You know, pray for the interviews and the exams, but pray that faith would increase. Pray that, pray that uh, for people in your life that don't have a relationship with the Lord right now, uh, that God would draw them to himself. Pray that God would provide strength, uh, the strength that they need. And so, you know, for me, my intercessory prayers, uh, my time of praying might go something like this, and I'll just write these out, and I'll talk to God about them. I'll, I'll pray for my children, and I'll pray for them by name. And I'll pray for specific things that are going on in their day, or I'll pray that the love of God will really kind of shine through them, even in their day, even at their school, or that they'll continue learning to serve. Or if there's a discipline issue, to, to pray that and to offer that up to God. I'll, I'll pray for my wife, and I'll just pray for specific things that are going on in her day, and that she would recognize and understand God's purpose and significance for everything that she does. I'll, I'll pray for a friend. I'll pray for a friend that's getting ready to have open heart surgery and pray for God's protection over them and that God would bring peace to the family as they wait and as they trust him. I, I pray for our church. I pray very specific prayers for our church, that we would be a church that is growing and, and trusting Jesus and that we're growing in our relationship with him and giving him the glory in every way that we live our lives. See, a prayer of intercession is inviting God's will and his work into our, our lives and into this world, we see a, a third element to Jesus' prayer, and we're going to call this the prayer of petition. Uh, Matthew 6, look at uh, verse 11. It says, uh, give us today our daily bread, 
and forgive us our debts, or depending on what church you went to, there's always that argument over whether it's debts or trespasses. Uh, and Jesus prays, as we have also forgiven our debtors, and then in verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, this is a petition prayer. We call it a petition pr prayer. Petition is about asking for God's help. Uh, look, look at specifically how Jesus prayed. He prayed, give us. He prayed, forgive us. He prayed, Lord, lead us, deliver us. Petition prayer is about getting very personal with God. Uh, this is where we open up and we share with him what's going on in our heart. And we've got the confidence to do that because we know that he already knows. I mean, your father in heaven, he knows. And the beautiful thing about that relationship is that he cares. He cares about your spiritual condition. He cares about your physical condition or your relational, emotional condition. He cares about your financial needs and those great questions uh, that are before you. I mean, what, and, and what does he think about our gut-wrenching honesty? I like the way that Richard Foster says it. He says, God delights in our asking. He is pleased at our asking. In a childlike expression of faith, we bring our daily needs and desires to our heavenly Father. See, he loves that time. He loves to be alone with you. He loves that conversation. He looks forward to it. You know, for me, when it comes to this prayer of petition, here's, here's where I might pray, God, I have very little strength to give today. I know that my children deserve a fully present dad today, and I'm tired. Help me to love them and give them the attention they deserve. I might just write out in my journal, I might pray, God, my, my thoughts were not pure and right today. I can't believe I allowed my mind to wander to a place like that. Would you forgive me, Lord? Or God, I have a difficult decision to make today, and there are so many things that are going on around me in my life, and I don't know how to manage them all. Help me, Lord. Protect me today, God. Keep me from temptation. And again, I just write these down. And why do I write them down? Well, again, it helps me to stay focused. It really kind of slows me down so that I might enjoy these moments, this time in conversation with God. And so I let what's on my mind just kind of flow out into those things that I write, and I give them to the Lord. Three things. Three things that we see in Jesus and in his prayers that I think could make all the difference for you in your praying or in getting started in your praying to you. It's a prayer of adoration and of simply giving thanks. It's that prayer of intercessory as we pray and as we lift up those people around us. And it's the prayers of petition. And for me, sometimes I spend equal time on each of these, but other times I rush right into God's presence and I get right to my list of those things that I want to talk with him about. Is there a magical formula? No. Is there a way of doing it right? I don't think so. I think he's always looking to our heart. He's looking to our heart, and he desires that time with you, and he just wants you to have that same sort of affection for him too. Now, we've talked through this very briefly, and my challenge for you again is to set an appointment and to spend time alone with the Lord this week. And uh, for those of you that are asking questions and are willing maybe to give it that shot, uh, but maybe are looking for some more, um, I'm excited to tell you that in a couple of weeks, on Saturday, March the 22nd, we're going to offer a prayer workshop uh, right here at our Noblesville campus. I think there's some info in your worship program this morning. Um, our discipleship pastor, Kevin Russell, is going to lead that, and we want to just invite you to come. And he's going to cover some of these same things again, but there's going to be plenty of time for questions and just asking and learning a little bit more about what it means to pray and how to do it and how to grow in it. And until then, wouldn't you give it a shot? Just set an appointment. 
and make time to spend time alone in the presence of our God. And, um, I, and, and I don't know if you'll see the results immediately. It's kind of like exercise. It's kind of like going to the gym, all right? And maybe you don't go to the gym, and so you'll have to come up with another analogy. But, but if it's kind of like going to the gym, it takes some time. There has to be some routine before you begin to see and enjoy the results. And prayer is kind of like the same, too. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take setting the appointment and making the time, but I promise you that it's worth it. You can't grow in your relationship with the Lord outside of spending time with Him in prayer, and He desires it, and He is there, and He will listen, and I believe that He wants to grow you in your life and in your walk with Him in ways that you've never seen before if you'll make that effort to go and to spend time with Him each day and each week. Um, last Sunday, uh, I was back behind these curtains, and if you've never been back there before, you've maybe have always wondered, what's back there? Well, there's just some couches, really. That's all it is. Uh, and so sometimes uh, before I come out here on stage, I'll just spend a little time back there just kind of kicking back and relaxing and kind of getting my mind ready. And people have asked me before, hey, do you get nervous when you preach? Yes, every week, every week. And I don't know what it was, but last week before one of our services, I was just especially anxious for whatever reason. And so I, I kind of kicked back on one of the couches and, and my eyes were closed and I was just talking to God. I wasn't writing anything out this time, but I was just talking to him and just asking him to give me strength and to give me courage. And I had been praying for a moment or so, and all of a sudden I felt somebody just come right up against my arm, and I opened my eyes, and it was my eight-year-old son, Luke. And it was just sort of cool as he just kind of cozied up right against me, and he didn't have a question, and he wasn't looking for anything. But for him, it was just something about the security and the trust of our relationship that I got to tell you, it was, it was so special for me. In fact, I told him later that day, Luke, you know what my favorite thing today was? My favorite thing is when you came and sat next to me. And I'm so grateful that he finds that security in our relationship that he can come to me. But I got to tell you what dad thinks about it too, of just that moment of having my son right there with me. And, and I was just kind of thinking, that, that's what we're getting at. I think that's what we have to see when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, that he just wants that time and he wants to be close and he wants you to trust him. But man, what he experiences and enjoys in the relationship too is beyond anything we could explain. What could happen? Can you imagine what could happen in your life if you would take that time to spend time alone with him in prayer? What could happen in your family? What could happen in our church? if every person was spending that time alone with the Lord in prayer. Let's do that right now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, that you delight in us. And it's our desire to delight in you, God. And I pray that every single one of us would just kind of wrestle with those words that we can't grow in our relationship with God outside of prayer. Lord, I pray that your invitation would just draw us in to see that we have a Father in heaven that loves and delights in spending time with us. And so, God, I pray that there would be an increasing desire in each of us to spend that time alone with you. Draw us to yourself, oh God, to spend that time with you. Teach us how to pray. 
And as we pray, Lord, increase our faith and our trust in you for all things. It's in Jesus' name.